Where do you turn? When there's nowhere else to turn. Where do you go? When there's nowhere else to go. What do you do? When there's nothing else to do. You got to remember, you're in the master's hand. And the master has a plan. So hold on. Hold on. And keep the faith.
won't you say his name? Trayvon Martin, say his name. Trayvon Martin, say his name. Trayvon Martin, say his name. Trayvon Martin, won't you say his name? Sean Bell, say his name. Sean Bell, say his name. Sean Bell, say his name. Sean Bell, won't you say his name? Say his name. 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 Won't you say his name?
90.7 WTCC. Welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swan II. And as usual, we'll be telling it like it is through cultural idioms and nuances that shape the order, ethos, and chaos of the African-American experience. Words have their own vitality. They shape their own consciousness and create their own context for interpreting social and spiritual reality. The spoken word contains the power to reshape the landscape of society. Eight minutes past the hour of 9 a.m. I want to thank Brother Hill for bringing us up until the 9 o'clock hour. Sitting in for Mr. Kenneth Barnett, you can hear the promise every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., bringing you the best in gospel music. Good way to start out your Monday morning. Great way to start out your week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Yeah, a couple days, um, and it's on us. And so I hope that you all are um, going to have a wonderful Christmas celebration and enjoy your families uh, out there uh, during this holiday. Be safe, all right? Listen, listen. Um, uh, Breaking news in the evangelical community is the fact that um, Christianity Today, uh, a major um, uh, publication uh, in the evangelical community, uh, came out with a hot, a a, a, a flaming hot um, editorial um, um, calling for the impeachment and removal of of Donald Trump as president. Um, and it really took evangelicals to task for their undying support of, of a man that they basically um, say is immoral, ungodly, um, all of that stuff. And man, when I tell you there are some evangelicals that are hot with the publication because of it, but guess what? They're not taken down. Basically, um, um, the uh, CEO uh, wrote a response to all of the um, flack that they've been getting. And basically what he's saying to them is, I said what I said. Um, Even though he's not the one who wrote it, the editor-in-chief wrote it, but he stands completely by... um, what was released and and I'll read exactly what his response or some pieces of his response um to the clapback has been and uh, now Christianity today um is a publication that was founded by Billy Graham uh, and of course they invoked the name of Billy Graham at the beginning of their um article and well Billy Graham's son, Franklin, didn't like that. So Franklin came back, and Franklin had to, you know, um, let people know, uh, or at least, you know, he he tried to let people know uh, that, oh, my daddy would not have agreed. Yeah. Uh, You know, people always trying to say what dead people would or would not agree with, but um, for whatever it's worth. Uh, and, 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 and of course, uh, I get it cause he's, he's in the hip pocket of, 
of um, Donald Trump. Uh, he's, you know, he's basically um, cast his lot uh, with Trump, and he's put his name out there in such support of him and saying that God willed for him to be the president and all that nonsense. I guess that's the position that he's got to take. Um, so we'll talk about that today, and then we'll see uh, what is your take on it. You know, um, is this huge news um, for the um, uh, evangelical community that has been so staunchly on the side of 46 minus one? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's huge. Um, um, you know, I think it, 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 it shows some kinks in his armor. Uh, I don't think it's going to result in an overwhelming number of evangelicals leaving him, but it does show that some of them are waking up. Um, so we'll talk about that. 413-736-2781. 413-736-2781 is the number here. Uh, if you want to chime in on the discussion, tell somebody, tell a friend that the bishop is on the air. Good morning to my uh, streaming audience on Facebook Live, uh, on Twitter slash Periscope. We'll go up live momentarily uh, on Instagram, and then we'll also uh, go up on YouTube momentarily. So tell somebody the bishop is on the air, and it's going to be hot today, okay? Don't touch that dial. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm gonna get to know you better This Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's gonna be together This Christmas The fireside is blazing bright
FM WTCC would like to thank the following sponsors of our annual Christmas party for children. Toys for Tots, Inspections by Marcos, Spirit of Springfield, Bright Nights, Coffee Cup Bakery, KFC, State Street, Costco's, West Springfield, Golden Corral, Springfield, Major Legends Entertainment, The Crew, The Springfield Black Music Month Committee, Priceless, Faithware.com, Graziano Garden, Old School Pizza, Bob the Bike Guy, Balloons by Carmen, Caring Health, and 90.7 FM WTCC. Thank you so much for your support. This program has been underwritten by the Pastors Council of Greater Springfield. The Pastors Council of Greater Springfield cordially invites you to our annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship Worship Service. You can anticipate a wonderful worship experience led by the DMJ, United Voices of Praise, and a powerful and dynamic sermon by Bishop W. Darren Moore, presiding bishop in the AME Zion Church from Washington, D.C. The worship service will take place on Wednesday. January.
January 15th at 7 p.m. at St. John's Congregational Church. We look forward to seeing you there Wednesday, January 15th at 7 p.m. WTCC would like to thank the Pastors Council of Greater Springfield for underwriting with us. My world is what I make it. My view of the world is one without limits. I consider this dwelling place to be my blank canvas. There is beauty in waking up each morning knowing that the world I live in is what I create. I love having a creative side. It helps me to make the best of even tough situations. I recognize that situations work out for the best when I think outside the box. My happiness comes when I focus on what makes my world complete. I avoid living according to society's standards. Wherever I go and whatever I do, my world is based on what's important to me, not what's important to others. What others think of me is none of my business. The prospect of traveling the world makes me excited. I know I am able to build a fulfilling life anywhere across the globe. That's because I take me wherever I go. And my world is what I create. I take the good out of every situation. Even when there is sadness or anger in the circumstances, I take the time to find the joy and beauty. I look for what there is to be grateful for. That approach gives me the positive energy to contribute to healthy change wherever I am. Having a positive mindset allows good things to come my way. I am able to build the world I want because I put goodness out into the environment. What I put out, I receive. Today, my world is limited only by my imagination. I pledge to imagine a world filled with love and togetherness. I know that training a positive mind results in creation of positive realities. My world is what I make it. Continue to meditate without the sound of my voice. Namaste. This program has been underwritten by Westfield State University and Springfield Public Schools. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Stanley, Dean of Education at Westfield State University. And I'm Azel Kavan, Chief Communications Officer at Springfield Public Schools. Do you want to be an inspiration, transform a life, become a teacher in your neighborhood right here in Springfield? A career as a teacher at Springfield Public Schools allows you to work in a field with many opportunities for promotions and salary increases and inspire you from your 
community to dream beyond their challenges. A unique partnership between Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools paves a pathway for Springfield Public School students to become Springfield Public School teachers. For more information, contact the Springfield Public Schools High School Guidance Counselor or Westville State University. Reach to teach. WTCC would like to thank Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools for underwriting with us. Ninety point seven WTCC. Good morning. Welcome to the Spoken Word. Bishop Swan with you. Um, listen, um, that um, that last uh, piece there uh, was um, a piece from my late sister Rhonda Swan, who. Uh, was one of the original architects of this program, The Spoken Word. We actually started out nearly 20 years ago uh, together. We rotated Mondays. She'd do a show, then I'd do a show. Uh, then when she moved away, um, her career took her to Delaware, then to Virginia, then to Florida uh, at various newspapers and publications. She was a journalist, uh, the first black editor of the Republican newspaper here. Um, and then I took on the show solo. Today is the anniversary of her passing. Uh, she passed on uh, December 23rd, 2015. So it's been a bittersweet um, time of year uh, for me and my family. Um, she was one year older than I. Uh, so we were very close in age and close as, as me and all of my siblings uh, have been close all of our life. Um, so it was a devastating loss for us, uh, and we still feel it. Um, uh, something that kind of never goes away. It gets a little better with time in terms of coping with it, but uh, sometimes the hurt is just as raw as it uh, happened yesterday. Uh, I'm going to take a moment of silence um, uh, in the memory of my big sis, Rhonda Renee Swan. All right. And one of the things she definitely would be doing is uh, speaking truth to power in terms of this dumpster fire of a government and situation we have in our nation. Um, I remember oftentimes um, the last text message I sent to her, I looked on Mass Live, the local um, newspaper's um, online presence here. Uh, and they often rate the articles in terms of um, um, who's viewing them, who's commenting on them, etc. Uh, and there was a story that I was in um, about some of my work and an article that she had written. And we were number one and number two in terms of the interaction with those stories. So we would uh, often be tag teaming um, them. Uh, and I found out that uh, they'd get just as angry with her as they get with me 
uh, even nowadays uh, because of her no-nonsense commentary on um, what's going on in our nation. And so, you know, the um, the um, uh, Christianity Today magazine, man, they, you know, they, they wrote a scathing editorial. Um, the editor-in-chief, Mark Galley, um, about um, the impeachment proceedings, uh, Donald Trump, and they called for his removal from office. I thought that was huge, you know, given the fact that this is a conservative evangelical publication and um, much of what they believe and stand for and advocate for um, is in lockstep with, with, with those of far right wing evangelicals, etc. cetera. Um, and for them to take evangelicals to task, um, I, I, I think took courage. Um, you know, uh, they knew that they were going to get backlash. They knew folks were going to threaten to unsubscribe and boycott and all of that. Uh, and they did it anyway. Um, Trump tried to call them a far left magazine. Nothing left about them at all. Um, but that's the way they try to spin and dismiss things. He knows um, that there's no way in the world that that's a far left uh, publication. Um uh, Christianity Today is a mainline evangelical publication. And, um, you know, that, that, that was a smackdown, smackdown of Trump and a smackdown of evangelicals for them to come out. I, let me read the editorial by Mark Galley, or at least some bits and pieces of it, so you get the gist of it. Uh, and then uh, then we'll talk about it and we'll talk about the backlash has gotten and um, and exactly uh, what your position is on it. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. And those of you who are streaming, feel free to make your commentary uh, and I'll definitely go back and, and look at it and read uh, what you have to say. Uh, this is what Mark Galley says. He says, let's grant this to the president. The Democrats have had it out for him from day one and therefore nearly Everything they do is under a cloud of partisan suspicion. This has led many to suspect not only motives, but facts in these recent impeachment hearings. And no, Mr. Trump did not have a serious opportunity to offer his side of the story in the House hearings on impeachment. But the facts in this instance are unambiguous. The president of the United States attempted to use his political power to coerce a foreign leader to harass and discredit one of the president's political opponents. That is not only a violation of the Constitution. More importantly, it is profoundly immoral. The reason many are not shocked about this is that this president has dumbed down the idea of morality in his administration. He has hired and fired a number of people who are now convicted criminals. He himself has admitted to immoral actions in business and his relationship with women, about which he remains proud. 
His Twitter feed alone, with its habitual string of mischaracterizations, lies, and slanders, is a near-perfect example of a human being who is morally lost and confused. Trump's evangelical supporters have pointed to his Supreme Court nominees, his defense of religious liberty, and his stewardship of the economy, among other things, as achievements that justify their support of the president. We believe impeachment hearings have made it obviously clear, in a way the Mueller investigation did not, that President Trump has abused his authority for personal gain and betrayed his constitutional oath. The impeachment hearings have illuminated the president's moral deficiencies for all to see. This damages the institution of the presidency, damages the reputation of our country, and damages both the spirit and the future of our people. None of the president's positives can balance the moral and political danger we face under a leader of such grossly immoral character. Now, this is the challenge that Mark Galley wrote to evangelicals. He says this to the many evangelicals who continue to support Mr. Trump in spite of his blackened moral record. We might say this. Remember who you are and whom you serve. Consider how your justification of Mr. Trump influences your witness to your Lord and Savior. Consider what an unbelieving world will say if you continue to brush off Mr. Trump's immoral words and behavior in the cause of political expediency. If we don't reverse course now, Will anyone take anything we say about justice and righteousness with any seriousness for decades to come? Can we say with a straight face that abortion is a great evil that cannot be tolerated and with the same straight face say that the bent and broken character of our nation's leader doesn't really matter in the end? We have reserved judgment on Mr. Trump for years now. Some have criticized us for our reserve. But when it comes to condemning the behavior of another, patient charity must come first. So we have done our best to give evangelical Trump supporters their due, to try to understand their point of view, to see uh, the prudential nature of so many political decisions they have made regarding Mr. Trump. To use an old cliche, it's time to call a spade a spade to say that no matter how many hands we win in this political poker game, we are playing with a stacked deck of gross immorality and ethical incompetence. And just when we think it's time to push all our chips to the center of the table, that's when the whole game will come crashing down. It will crash down on the reputation of the evangelical religion and on the world's understanding of the gospel. And it will come crashing down on a nation of men and women whose welfare is also our concern. So that was what the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today released on Thursday night. Um, Now, once again, uh, Christianity Today is known as the flagship uh, magazine of American evangelicalism. Um, and they shattered the internet, you know, they, they had a saying that somebody broke the internet. They shattered the internet, uh, with this, uh, editorial, uh, calling for the impeachment and removal 
of 46 minus one from office. Um, they implored evangelicals to consider that the facts of his impeachment are unambiguous. Um, the case against him is not really to be, to be questioned. Um, he violated the constitution, but they also said he was profoundly immoral. How huge is that for white evangelicals to be saying that Trump is profoundly immoral when so many of them, Robert Jeffress and uh, Franklin Graham and so many of them have been telling us that morality all of a sudden doesn't matter. It doesn't count. He's not our pastor. He's our president. You know, they never held those standards with other presidents. They didn't hold those standards with Bill Clinton. Morality meant everything. I guess morality only counts if you're a Democrat or if you're black. Um, they called Obama the Antichrist, and he didn't have uh, affairs with porn stars and prostitutes. His friends weren't sex traffickers. Okay? Uh, you know, he didn't file for bankruptcy X number of time and refuse to pay people that work for him or, gra or, or brag about sexually assaulting and grabbing women by the genitals. He, none of that was on his record. He had one wife of over 25 years. No alleged extramarital affairs or anything like that. And they called him the Antichrist. Trump comes along and morality doesn't matter. Well, Mark Galley says that he's profoundly immoral. Now, the reaction from those that are not on the far right, that are not part of the white evangelical movement, um, you know, they were flabbergasted pleasantly, though. I mean, it was a huge deal. Um, I mean, after, you know, Trump basically consolidated evangelical support, 81% of them voted for him. Nearly 90% of them say they still support him and will vote for him again. Christianity Today's stance, uh, we felt had the potential to, you know, to trigger an exodus of evangelicals from supporting the immorality uh, of this president, uh, that they could tap into that crucial demographic, um, um, you know, that they could influence um, some of those who have been staunchly on his side and defending the indefensible. Because, you know, as Wolf Blitzer said, this is mainstream evangelical Christianity. It's mainstream um, evangelical leadership. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, we thought the article was amazing um, and, and that uh, it spoke to what we've been speaking to for so long and we're hitting our head against the pavement wondering why is the evangelical community so quiet as if they cannot see the rank hypocrisy of their support 
of this man. And, and here's the kicker to all of this. Not only is this mainline evangelical leadership, but the magazine was founded by Billy Graham. Yeah. Founded by Billy Graham, the pastor of presidents since President Eisenhower, a pro-impeachment and removal editorial from a magazine founded by Billy Graham. How huge is that? But let me tell you what I really think. I think in spite of the bold stance that Mark Galley, um, uh, the CEO, uh, the staff at Christianity Today have taken, that most of your evangelicals who support Trump will continue to support him. Why is that? Because as I have said repeatedly, and I've done a series of shows talking about it, white evangelicalism in America, for the most part, is white supremacy masked as Christianity. White evangelicalism is white supremacy in drag, pretending to be Christianity. And that's the reason why I don't think as powerful as this editorial has been and this stance by a mainline evangelical um, editor and and magazine founded by Billy Graham, their dedication to the tenets of white supremacy supersede any faithfulness to the tenets of Christianity. And that's why they're going to remain staunchly in the Trump corner. I promise you, watch what happens. He's going to continue to enjoy their unwavering support, and it's already started with a clapback from the evangelical community um, to the editorial. Um, you know, it, and many of them respect Christianity today. They read Christianity today, but it's not going to make any real dent in Trump's popularity with that demographic. Um, I, I really don't believe it is. Immediately after the editorial, um, Franklin Graham the son of Billy Graham, completely upset that they mentioned uh, his father's name. And why wouldn't they? They were founded by Billy Graham. Why wouldn't they mention it? I can mention his father's name. I went to a school, seminary. I, I got a Master of Divinity from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, Master of Divinity in, in Urban Ministry. Billy Graham is one of the founders 
of that uh, theological institution. Um, but he, he, you know, he doesn't want people using his father's name unless they have a position that is pro-Trump. And so he wrote a response on Facebook, put it on his Twitter and his other social media, and basically reproached Christianity today for having the audacity to invoke his father's name uh, to support their position. Uh, and basically he said that his father, uh, who died in uh, last year, in 2018, had supported 46 minus one as the man for the hour in history for America. And he accused the magazine of being used by the left for their political agenda. A right-wing evangelical magazine being used by the left. I mean, you know, their position is always just to be dismissive. Not to really look at the merits of any counter-argument. Automatically, they default to you're being used by the left, by the elitist liberal wing, you know. uh, You're being used by George Soros, by the deep state. It's fake news. That is an intellectually weak argument that any time someone legitimately disagrees or points to the immorality, the incompetence, the dysfunction, um, the unhinged debauchery of Donald Trump, your response is always to call them fake or just be dismissive and not take into account that, yeah, your guy is crazy. He really is. You know, I mean, he's too fried short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. This this dude is nuts. Um, and and basically, you know, so they just smear the opposition, which is which is Trump's um tactic. Just smear, you know, get. Ukraine to investigate Biden and do a press conference and smear my opponent. And that's their tack, you know, uh, instead of really coming up with a a rational, substantive defense of Trump, we'll just smear everybody who's against him. And so Franklin Graham and Paula White and others, uh, so they call anybody that's a Christian that's against uh, Trump they're demonic. They're being used of the devil because they have nothing else. Because you can't defend this guy. You can't defend a guy who gets on Twitter like a toddler and calls people names, nah, 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 nah. You know, uh, you know makes up names for people, tells lies, 15,000 lies, public lies. I'm not talking about what he talks about in private. 15,000 lies that he's told in public since he's been in office. And the, the only thing they have 
to come back is to call you names or try to discredit you or say the devil is using you or you're demonic or something like that because they have no real defense of Trump. I mean, it it's an insular ecosystem, you know, where Trump is this divine anointed leader, as he said, I am the chosen one. And these people really think he's been sent by God to save America. And they quote the book of Esther for such a time as this. <laughs> it's sick then. It, 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 I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, um, and, and what we're saying is not fake news, y'all. It, it, we're not planted by the so-called deep state. We're not satanic enemies of the anointed one. We're rational human beings. Y'all are the crazy ones. For real, for real. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Brother Bishop. How you doing? I'm good. You? Oh, man. Very good. I'm glad to be home to be able to listen to this program as I'd usually be working, but I agree wholeheartedly with yourself, with what you're saying, and with editorial. And it is a big deal that the evangelicals came out with it because it doesn't seem like anybody else is talking about it. And for Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham to say that they're not even going to address the whole impeachment process is another thing that is ridiculous to me because they need to be ousted themselves because some of these politicians, and it still continues to boggle my mind how all these people are still staunchly behind this nutcase. It's, it, says, it's, it says something about their character, really. To, to me, that exactly. it, it says something about that. But the thing is, though, there's so many of them, though, brother. That's the problem. Well, well you me. know, the, the, I come to realize, and 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 you know, the one thing that the election of Barack Obama and him serving two two terms um, really did was it revealed the racist underbelly in America because it exactly. it never it never went away. It just it just became more co- covert than overt. And with the election of Donald Trump has come back to the surface, it's more overt now than covert. And we come to realize that nearly 40 percent of this nation are straight up racist dedicated to white supremacy. And and that's the reality. Uh, I, think, I think that's a real conservative number. It's gotta be and it may be conservative. It may be higher than that. But at a minimum, 40 uh, yeah. percent of, of these folks are straight up, straight up you know, racist. And then you've got a, another percentage that are a, 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 a white supremacy apologists that are willing to go along to get along. Go along to get along. And you know what? He, he reminds me of like a little, little punk little white boy who, if he doesn't get his way, he takes his ball and he goes home. And that's the way he acts. And the thing, you know, and I just don't understand how so many people are still, I mean, do you, if you also, you've been checking out that, um, the convention, that rally you had in Michigan, do you notice that they have more African-Americans behind them now? They got more black folks behind them in these in these conventions 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I question that number. I, I think they, what they do is they go and get all the black people they find and sit them behind him so you can see them on TV. Uh, I, I really don't think there's that many black folks at these rallies. I know, but they just put him right behind them for some reason. You know, in terms of the the soundbite that they're going to get. Yeah, that's for that's for optics because you can't because you can't you can't have TPUSA and Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum all running around talking about uh, Blexit. You know, the black exit. Uh, from the Democratic Party and and how they're going to have and Trump is going to have 30 percent plus black support in 2020 and all of that. You can't have that narrative and then have no black folks that are visible at his rallies. So that, that that's all part of that plan. And, and the thing is, though, brother, the thing that I see now, though, going forward is that I really don't see. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But I really don't see anybody unseating this nutcase. Because the, the last Democratic convention I saw the other night, you know, it's it's just so meager that, you know, in terms of information and things that they are going to, and the people that can keep this guy, I don't see it. I really don't see it, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope, so, I hope, I hope you're wrong, too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, but brother, always good to listen to you. From my family to your family, happy holidays and keep doing what you're doing, brother. All right. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you, brother. Peace. 413-736-2781. A few minutes left in the program. I'll take your calls until show close if you want to chime in on the conversation. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Caller, you're on the air. Turn your radio down. Going once, going twice, you're on the air. Good morning, Bishop Swan. Good morning. Can you you hear me? I can hear you. Turn your radio down. There's a delay. Don't listen to the radio. Listen to your phone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Bishop Swan. Good morning. I'm uh, still hearing your response to the Christianity Today article. Thing is, thing is good that they uh, they took a stand for Christianity Today, and uh, at, the, at the end, at the same time, though, they're still you know conservative evangelical web, uh, publication. But um, but um. What I, um, but the fact that it's like Trump and all these people and his people are responding by calling it a radical left or all that just just goes to show how this is how Trumpism is really it's it's really a cult and that you know it's built on this, the admiration of this this you know demagogic man who's it's like it's basically all the you know these evangelicals like you know they just sort of like. You have to worship this guy, you know, if you don't it's 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 it's, it's a broader scale Jim Jones. You know, you know, it it, it it's re- it really is. It's 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 Jim Jones. You know, 
when he says I can go out into Fifth Ave and shoot somebody and, and my people still support me, I believe that now. I thought it was just him being braggadocious as he usually is when he said it at the time. Now I actually believe that to be true. And I believe if he told them to drink poison Kool-Aid, you know, like Jim Jones or Dave Koresh, they would do it. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's a sick cult. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I would, I'd say like how I could describe a Donald Trump. It's a, some of, you know, like, you know, the, the oppressive policies of, you know, previous presidents like Reagan, Bush combined with some of this, uh, this, you know, like this cult of personality that you associate with people like, you know, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Kim Jong-un, Putin. It's a, and he and those are all the people he idolizes and wants to be like. Yep, that's a, exactly what it is, and you know, and you know that's why it's something that you know needs to be defeated. Not not just him, but every uh, every member of Congress who's you know who's stood, who's you know kissed his behind, you know, just to sold their soul just to be you know a, a toady for him. You know the, you know, the means you know the the. The guy who we all we'd like to call Moscow Mitch, who's the his biggest sycophant, followed by, of course, uh, Lindsey Graham, Leningrad Lindsey, Leningrad Lindsey, and my uh, my own state, North Carolina. We have a we have a Trump toady up for re-election next year, Tom Tillis in the Senate. So, um, we're trying to get rid of we have to get rid of him next year. So, yeah, it's, good uh, luck with that. I, I hope you guys are successful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really a yeah we we, we yeah we're, we're we're hoping to get a good Democrat who can replace him. But the, I think the history is not is not going to look too kindly upon these evangelicals. I think, I think within twenty thirty years, if you uh, if you were to look up evangelical in a dictionary, it'll probably read something like term for a person who glorifies the rich and vilifies the poor, and who masquerades something immoral as something. They're definitely on the wrong side of history. Um, you know, I liken them to the, and you, and you can find these vintage pictures of of priests with their robes on, with their cassocks on, uh, standing around with Hitler and praising and supporting Hitler. Yeah. And, and, and I liken Franklin Graham and Robert Jeffress and, and John Hagee and yep. uh, Pat yep. R- Roberson and Jim Robinson and I, I liken all of them and Paula White, all of them to those religious leaders. Yeah, they're yeah they're 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 just like they're they're they're, they're truly something crazy. Like yeah, they've been it's been they've been they've been it's, it's been leading up to this moment for years, but but now they've they've just shown that you know they've. With with this president and you know his he's just completely <laughs> deranged, crazy that you know they they now see an opportunity to just yeah just promote their agenda like I mean they they really want to make a Christianity like the official religion like I like I saw I saw a meme like you know with them with Mike Pence calling him and like referring to evangelicals as a you know they're they're televangelists. You, you know, see, in, 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 in their mind, religious liberty means the freedom of evangelical Christians. That's what it means. It, it, they don't really yeah. want religious liberty. Cause in America, 
uh, when uh, religious liberty is supposed to be people able to worship according to the dictates exactly. of their conscience, and that's whether they're Muslim, Baha'i, uh, you know, Christian, agnostic, atheist, whatever their persuasion is that's what that is supposed to mean yes. religious liberty is not supposed to mean the freedom of christians to dictate how everybody else is supposed to think and i'm a christian yeah, exactly. but i don't even want that in america uh and that's not the way that it that it should be i'm out of time though but i appreciate your call thank you so much have a merry you. christmas you know um in, in a recent in a recent um um conference call um, for the One Voice Prayer Movement that was formed specifically to mobilize um, people to pray for Trump. Paula White, who's also an advisor uh, to the White House Faith and Opportunities Initiative, prayed this prayer. She prayed that, quote, any person's entities that are aligned against the president be exposed and dealt with and overturned by the superior blood of Jesus. So basically, God's supposed to smack down, kill, maim, overturn anybody who's against Trump. This is how sick these people are. <laughs> I mean, it it, 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 it it it's absolutely crazy. And Listen, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to get out your way. Any black people still following Paula White, something wrong with you. Okay? Straight up. Straight up. Any black folk still follow. Paula White made her name. All right? And reputation and built her brand off the backs of black Pentecostals and Charismatics. T.D. Jakes put her on. Black folks embraced her. She blew up. She mimicked the black church in terms of her preaching style, the worship style of her church. She built all of that mimicking black folk. And black folks have supported her ministry the entire time. She even inherited or took over a church founded by a black man, Zachary Timms, and now put her white son over it. And she's out here telling black folk that they're of the devil if they don't support a man who wanted to execute five innocent black teenagers. A man who said, Black people are inherently lazy. A man who calls black women dogs and low IQ. Okay? A, a man who discriminated and would not rent housing to black people. And she's telling y'all that unless y'all are down with this white supremacist, that you're not on God's side. And there's still black folk who go to her church and invite her to come to preach. You're a traitor to your own race. You need to be ashamed of yourself. And yes, I said it. 
Tell everybody, Bishop Swan said it. Send them to my YouTube page. Send them to my Facebook page. Send them to my Twitter account so they can watch the video for themselves. Any black person still following and supporting Paula White is just as crazy as black folk who support and defend Donald Trump. That's real. For real, for real. All right. So I got that ran out. <laughs> but listen here. It's Christmas time in the city. Um, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Um, Wednesday is Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful, 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 wonderful holiday. Um um, be safe out there. Um, enjoy your family. Um, if you're looking for a place to worship in the new year, uh, check us out at uh, the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ, located at 35 Alden Street, Springfield, Massachusetts. Check us out on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for Bible studies, Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m., Every day at 7 a.m., join us on the prayer line. We're building better tomorrows by changing lives today. Um, so definitely check us out. The Greater Springfield NAACP General Membership Meeting will be tonight at 6 p.m. as opposed to tomorrow because we figured tomorrow's Christmas Eve and y'all don't want to be coming to no meeting on Christmas Eve. So that meeting will be on tonight. At 6 p.m. All right, I got to get out your way. James Lewis is in the studio. He's coming up next with mid-morning jazz and great black music and all that. So don't you dare touch that dial. Uh, but, you know, I got to play. And I know, you know, I know I already played the Chris Brown version. But ain't nothing, nothing like the Donny Hathaway version, y'all. Y'all know that, right? Merry Christmas, everybody. Be safe. Till the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you and so do I. Hang all the mistletoe. I'm going to get to know you better. This Christmas and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's going to be together. Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. We're caroling through the night, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. Presents and cards are here My world is filled with cheer and you This Christmas And as I look around Your eyes outshine the town they do This Christmas Fireside is blazing bright We're caroling through the night
your hand. 